Hey, I'm Alex. And I'm Brandon. And welcome to Living Electric. We're both content creators and electric vehicle enthusiasts. And through this podcast, we hope to share our experience with owning electric vehicles and help you join the electric life. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to episode five of season two of Living Electric. Today, we are discussing what to look for in an electric vehicle. Yeah, so we'll kind of start out with just sharing our experience of shopping for our cars, because I think that's what we're experts on is shopping for our own vehicles. (laughs) Uh, So we'll kind of walk through the sales process, I guess, of like what we looked through when we were first shopping, different options we considered, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then kind of give you guys some advice if you are going to be shopping for an EV yourself, things to look for, um, things you might want to consider that either the salesperson or the, or the car companies themselves might not be advertising and things you might have to dig into a little bit more. So Brandon, you want to share your, your bolt shopping experience yeah. or, or the ID four too, cause you've got two EVs now. So yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, crazy to think about, to be honest. Yeah. For real. It's, yeah. Um, to, to be honest, I think I got lucky with the bolt experience. Um, at least the, I did cross shop, I think three or four different bolts and the fourth dealer experience was actually the best. Uh, the first three were very awkward. Um, to be honest, when I went in there, they didn't want to like spend any time with me. So like, I kind of just like left and found like a much better dealership Yeah. <laughs> uh, to work with. Um, but, but the thing was, is that the, the, Three other dealerships I went with, they didn't have an EV specialist, mm. so they didn't have anybody who was like highly focused on electric vehicles. Gotcha. Um, yeah. But th- the dealership that I went to, that I bought the Bolt from, um, I actually worked directly with their EV specialist, and we were able to bounce ideas back and forth with each other to determine which Bolt would be right for me. And mm. I kind of fell into a uh, fully loaded Chevy Bolt LT. So that's okay. like the base model with all the with all the trims and safety features. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when it came to the Bolt, I always really enjoyed Chevy's electric vehicles. Like uh, we had the Volt for a few years, and I just like adored that car. Yeah. And um, to be honest, I still probably would have kept that if I wasn't in a car accident um, a few mm. years back. Oh, I didn't even know that happened with your Volt. You got in a car accident. Yeah, I did. I was uh, driving to work in a snowy day and mm. a teacher was rushing to get to work and she didn't see that the cars in front of me were slowing down and she slammed on her brakes and like slid right into the back of my car. Oh, no. Yeah, d- like destroyed the did front that of her total car. total it? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun day. <laughs> yeah, it was like Always 12 is. inches of snow and everything. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, the, the purchasing experience was pretty seamless i would say with where i bought the bolt the id4 was the same way too the only thing that i would say about the id4 is that since it is a newer vehicle the dealership had some experience with online training through volkswagen but we oh, actually knew okay. a lot more about the car than their <laughs> sales associates did. Yeah. <laughs> Two of them actually didn't even have a chance to drive the car when it was on the lot as a demo. So they, really? they d- had no experience behind the wheel with it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I find that happening a lot with uh, especially EV buyers is because it's such a niche product still and it's still kind of in that like first first adopter stage like most of the time the shoppers know more than the salesperson when they're when they're going in to buy a car because i mean the reality is a lot of these dealerships still sell a majority of gas vehicles right Mm -hmm. so yeah that's yeah i'm 
I'm not surprised you had that <laughs> that same yeah. experience. Yeah. Like there there was great like enthusiasm behind the product, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Like I, I know a lot of Chevy dealerships, like my previous experience, um, they tend to like kind of like, oh, you want this gas car versus this electric car. Yeah. And the Volkswagen dealership we went to, I mean, like they have chargers installed, like all of them like are thoroughly like except like um excited for like the electric future. Oh, that's great. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean it was it was really, really refreshing to walk walk into a place like that. Yeah. Did you notice a difference coming from your bolt shopping experience to your Volkswagen? shopping Uh, experience yeah (laughs) yeah only well i guess the main reason is that this was like the fourth volkswagen we had bought from this dealership so like they they knew us and um you know they they knew that we were the people that if you kind of messed up with they would hear about it (laughs) 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 only because of all the issues we had with our uh, tdi and you know dealing with all that garbage so (laughs) i gotcha yeah yeah but I know that with you driving a Tesla, how was your experience? Yeah, so just backing up a little bit, when I was uh, graduating school, I had already bought another car. I used to drive a Scion FRS is the car I bought like three months before I graduated school. Um, still like probably like my worst car purchase <laughs> because it wasn't the car I wanted. I would have been much better off just buying like a cheap beater car to like get me back and forth to work and save up some more money before before moving into an ev Mm -hmm. because i knew i've i've always wanted an electric vehicle that's just where i really see the future of of transportation going and that's that's the kind of car i wanted to get into had been a long-term tesla fan so that was kind of at the top of my list but i did i did shop around just because like you i wanted to get into an ev i didn't really care which brand it was i just wanted to get one so i looked at First off, my budget is what I kind of considered first. I'm like, all right, what can I afford on my salary? And the fact that I was living alone at that point too. So I had like a full rent payment by myself, which was, which was tough. So I knew, uh, I knew I wouldn't be able to like buy a new car until I moved in with my now fiance and we were able to split rent, which is awesome. (laughs) So (laughs) makes it much easier. (laughs) Yeah. Freeze up the budget a little bit for, uh, (laughs) for fun stuff. So, um, so I, I really just spent my my first year and a half, really, after I graduated, just saving as much money as I could, like, really took it to heart that I was going to, like, save as much money as possible so that I could buy, like, a nice new car. So the Model 3 was at the top of my list. That was the cheapest Tesla available at that point. When I started shopping, the actual trim levels were completely different than what they are now they used to have mm-hmm. the the standard range the mid-range and the long yeah. range and i think did they have a dual motor at that point i can't even remember because i think that uh, they had like a long range rear wheel drive they had like five or six different trims like yeah. it was insane <laughs> yeah um, yeah i think they did have the the dual motor i think they that, did yeah okay. I, I believe so yeah because I know they split like the long range rear wheel drive and long range dual motor, but then they also had a performance. Like there was, there's a lot of different trims. Um, (laughs) Glad they simplified. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, I knew it was going to be a little bit of a stretch, like financially for me. So I, luckily I just kind of waited it out. I didn't like jump into something I couldn't afford. Um, And by that point I was able to afford a, a dual motor long range. I knew I wanted a longer range car just because I think, like getting over 300 miles of range just gives you so much more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part for me to consider was charging too. So back at my old job now, I was fortunate enough to have charging at work. So I was able to 
plug in there during the day um, and then and then drive home and then just charge up a lot over the weekend. Um, and then I could always stop at a supercharger if I really needed to, needed to top off at any point. But that was like a great setup and really um, helped me not only financially, but like just kind of like personally make that jump is that reliability yeah. of charging since I was yeah. in an apartment that I, I knew I had that that to bank on. So so I ended up landing with the Tesla. Some other vehicles I considered um, were were cheaper ones, honestly, because I, I knew I eventually wanted to get a Tesla. It was either buy a Tesla now or buy some other EV, live with it for a few years and then buy a Tesla. So it was just either, <laughs> it wasn't a matter of like <laughs> Tesla or not. It was just like when I wanted to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked at like the trying to think of what other cars i looked at like i looked at the bolt because that was that was cheaper i looked at the the honda clarity because i think that was like oh had a yeah. super cheap lease like it was like yeah. 200 bucks a month or something like that for like a three-year lease i'm like all right i could i could afford that but they only did yeah. that in california so i couldn't do that in ohio yeah. um and the car only had like a 90 mile range or something like mm-hmm. that so like it really wasn't going to be practical i don't think long term yeah yeah, especially so, not in colder temperature. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I did shop around a little bit. I think just the there's a few things that kind of brought me back to Tesla. I'm like a big tech nerd too. Outside of electric vehicles, I like all the tech that's inside inside Teslas. I really like the design of them, um, and then the whole charging network as well. Because I mean, even two years ago, like charging was a completely different yeah. like landscape. <laughs> uh, like yeah. even even the trips I take now, there's more superchargers than when I bought my car, and there's like multiple options for stopping on a road trip than yeah. than than I had before <laughs> versus like oh I have to stop here. So yeah, um, knowing that Tesla had that reliable supercharger network and and I had heard good things about it and good things about ownership from everybody that had a Tesla, that's that's really what I ended up with. Um, definitely ended up. Sp- spending more on a car than i ever thought i would <laughs> but <laughs> but i'm 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 seriously so happy with it i think it fits my lifestyle just fine i am it's most of the time just me and my fiance in the car sometimes we have like one or two passengers but like yeah. i don't haul things around it's a good size car for me i like having a smaller car too i know i was mm-hmm. looking at more of kind of a sedan slash coupe so wanted something a little more sporty um and that's that's what worked out for me. So <laughs> awesome! <laughs> that's great. What kind of things were you considering when you were shopping around for an EV? Yeah. So when I was shopping around for an EV, the biggest thing for me was uh, something that was affordable. Um, I was uh, laid off in 2019, and I was unemployed for about I think it was either six or seven months. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it was it was a very long time when we ended up getting our bolt in September of twenty nineteen. So mm. that was like actually what was funny is that I got the car two days before I was starting my new job. So it's like I technically wasn't even employed oh, wow. when we bought the car. Yeah. <laughs> but but for me the biggest thing was cost. I wanted mm. to make sure that going into my new my new job that I could afford and still be able to save money. And it it all worked out. Um the the biggest thing is that I've always been a massive fan of hatchbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I don't know I've just I've always loved hatchbacks and the Bolt's body style. Even though it's not the the prettiest in terms of like aesthetics, I still love the fact that it was a hatchback and that like it was practical for what we needed it to be. Um, good with the dogs. Good for just getting around town for my commute. Um, and I needed something with more than two hundred miles of range because mm-hmm. I had a fifty mile round trip commute. 
Yeah. Um, so, so for me, that was pretty much my biggest um, purchasing factor. But I also wanted something that was fun to drive, and I think yeah. the Bolt offered that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I think the most surprising thing was uh, squealing the tires at red lights <laughs> or like green lights and like scaring people <laughs> yeah. just because of how much torque was in that car. Um, but that that was the biggest deciding factor with the Bolt is the body style as well as the cost factor. Gotcha. Um, over the past two years, yes, I think that especially now with like some of the lease deals that GM offers on the Bolt, um, I wish I would have held out. <laughs> just a little bit longer (laughs) just because you can get some pretty good deals um but in terms of the id4 that was a little bit of a different process that Mm -hmm. was more of a tyler purchase (laughs) than it was mine (laughs) um i definitely enjoyed the car after like recording with it and like you know getting a chance to experience it um but i mean like tyler had a list i think at one point of 40 cars i mean like he goodness yeah like he had an excel spreadsheet like he he weighed out all the purchasing reasons like you know what this (laughs) car would be good at what this one would be at and he kept like going back and forth i mean like it was like three months of like just you know come on make up your mind (laughs) (laughs) was that all evs or was that a mix of evs and gas it was, it was a mix. Um, okay. There were some hybrids. There was a brand new Miata um, mm. that, you know, that was involved with that. The ID4 kind of always was at the top. Um, we were thinking of the Mach-E, but then the lease payment was too expensive. Gotcha. So um, I was actually going to surprise Tyler with the ID4. Um, he... I would, well, I'm impatient <laughs> and I was kind of getting like, you know, kind of like a little frustrated with like the waiting, like, come on, our lease is coming up. Like, let's figure out what to do. So I, we had the money saved up and I was going to literally just go pick up the car, oh make his gosh. decision for him and then show up at the racetrack he was at with the ID4. So like, surprise, <laughs> but I'm terrible with surprises. So we uh, just ended up buying it together. <laughs> it's probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I know that he wanted an SUV. He wanted something that was a little bit more of a wagon. Um, but he wanted a German um, vehicle because he's always been like a Volkswagen fanatic. Gotcha. So this kind of like checked all the boxes for him mm-hmm. and uh, kind of worked out for the best. Yeah. 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 ID4 is an awesome car. I got to yeah. drive it the, at the test drive event in uh, in Columbus here. And then I got to ride in, obviously, when I come, came up and visited you. And it's it's like... I tell people it's probably one of the most comfortable EVs I've been in just like oh, overall. Yeah. It's so smooth, yeah. like the the turning yeah. and everything. It's just such a comfortable ride. Like it'd be mm-hmm. an awesome like Uber car. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. The, the best way I describe the ID4 is that it's a Volkswagen build quality, just mm-hmm. electric. And yeah. like I, I think it's, it's honestly one of the best uh, priced EVs in its category. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah. affordable right now too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alex, obviously, you know, we talked about how we found our electric vehicles, you know, like what interested us and how like the buying process is or what it was like. What exactly what piece of advice or like what kind of information would you like to give the listener, you know, like when they're looking for an electric vehicle? Definitely. Yeah, I think I think the probably the two most important are uh, first off, set your budget. Uh, Cars are like some of the worst like financial decisions you can make if you like stretch yourself for a car it's like (laughs) not good financially so 
Um, yep. <laughs> definitely like get a grasp on that and and understand like what your budget is going to be and uh, how important your car is to you as well. So like, yes, I know I my car is very important to me. It's part of my lifestyle. It's part of my work now. Like it's it's part of everything I do. So I enjoy having a nicer, longer range EV. Um, but that doesn't mean everybody has to has to spend fifty grand on a car. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I think that's that's certainly the the first thing to consider. Um, but then charging as well. So I know mm-hmm. uh, for me that was a little bit tougher decision because I didn't have charging at home. Uh, obviously, charging at home is the the easiest thing to do. But not everybody has that option. Either you you rent an apartment or you own a condo or something that won't let you install a charger or maybe your house is like parked on the is on the street and you don't have like a good driveway situation or whatever the reason may be understanding what your charging is going to look like i think factors into whether or not you go with an ev in the first place too um certainly like our infrastructure has gotten way better there's way more options for people now and i like definitely foresee there being an option for charging for everybody in the future but Currently, I think it's good to like check out some of these charging apps that'll show you where chargers are located, like Chargeway or PlugShare, any of those kind of apps and see what the charging situation is around you and kind of get a grasp on that. So, but outside of price and charging, I think range is a big thing to consider as well. Like you mentioned with your Bolt, like, you know, you wanted 200 miles cause you had a yep. 50 mile uh, trip to work every yeah. day. So <laughs> yeah. um, did you, did you get to... 200 miles just so you had like a little bit of a buffer there with that 50 mile trip to work. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I was looking at. Like I looked at the Nissan Leaf and another thing too, that I think people should understand is what kind of technology is wrapped into their vehicles. Um, specifically the battery pack, um, mm-hmm. in terms of like battery management system or systems. That's kind of the reason why I skipped the leaf over the bolt. Because the leaf is air cooled and the bolt has a liquid, you know, cooled battery pack. Yeah. Um, so for me, with being in Cleveland and colder temperatures, I wanted to make sure that I got the most out of my EV. And yeah. um, that that's, I mean, like, obviously, if you have a shorter commute, the leaf would be perfect for you. But yeah. for me, I needed that that buffer. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I think I think with the Leaf too, like that's one I recommend if you if you just want like a second car for doing trips around town. I think we we've mentioned it in past episodes, but like uh, I think really taking a closer look at what your driving habits are like, and I think you'd be surprised like how often an EV would actually work for you. <laughs> oh <'cause>, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> most of the trips you take are just around town or to work. Yep. Like you may only really need a hundred mile EV, and then maybe you've got a gas car that you take on longer trips that's a little bit bigger. Like there's certainly like lots of flexibility with that. Yeah, I I know that um, especially if you have like workplace charging, mm-hmm. that if you have a longer commute. Actually, one of our one of our friends, he I think he has like a seventy plus one weight commute. Wow. And he drives a hybrid right now, and he's nervous about going electric. But the thing is, is that he works at a hospital downtown Cleveland that has charging stations in every parking garage. Wow. And okay. um, his reason for not going electric is because he feels like the doctors will take the space. <laughs> and I, I just was like, okay, that's not an argument because you, you, there's chargers available. You know, just, yeah. just find one. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you know, don't, don't be afraid of it for that reason. Certainly, but, yeah. Um, but but the thing is, is that like if you have the workplace charging, you could just charge during the day, get back home, charge at night, and then just yeah. you know repeat that cycle throughout the week. So that was that was one thing that factored into my decision uh, on range because I was um, 
obviously I've got to like, I work from home now, so I don't even hardly drive my car, but I, <laughs> I drive to, I had a very short commute to work. Um, but a lot of the trips I took like outside of, outside of work trips, um, were driving to see family that isn't close. So like my oh, parents yeah. <laughs> live only over in Indianapolis and that's a 200 mile one way trip. So I basically wanted to be able to drive from Columbus to Indianapolis without stopping if necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time driving over there, I stop anyway, just cause I need a little bit of a break and there's a charger halfway. So it works out really well. But if for some reason, like there's an emergency or I need to get over there quickly, having my car sitting at 90 percent plus like i can just get over there just fine without stopping so um and then like you were saying factoring in like some losses if like weather or um Mm -hmm. in the environment isn't very good and you're driving less efficiently like having that extra extra range buffer certainly helps so and i think that that comes into another research point when you are looking for a new ev kind of factor in your environment Mm, um if you live in a warmer environment you won't really necessarily have to worry about as much loss of range due to exterior impacts um but here in cleveland as well as you know sometimes well it just in general during the winter time up north um, we have to think about that and we have to put that factor into how much it will impact our range. Um, but that also plays into body style too. You know, there's, there's boxy electric SUVs coming. There's, you know, <laughs> yeah. very off-road capable cars that would be fantastic in the winter time. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a lot of new, um, EVs that I think will fit every customer's needs. For sure. Yeah. Efficiency is, I think a big thing to consider as well, because we don't get like a, an MPG rating for EVs. So it's kind of harder to figure out like the efficiency of EVs, which I really wish they would list like the, the equivalent for electric vehicles instead of miles per gallon, it would be like miles per kilowatt hour. So that if like they listed that for each car, you could see a clear like distinction, like, Oh, this one's like 3.8 miles per kilowatt hour, kilowatt hour. This yeah. one's 2.5 miles per kilowatt hour. So then that yeah. shows you like how efficient those cars are based on the battery pack size and like how much range they have. So yeah. I think you can calculate yeah. it, but I wish I wish that was a like spec they showed on a lot of these cars because they I generally know. just show range. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I agree. I, I know that um, our the Bolt and the ID4 does show it miles per kilowatt hour. Like on oh, the nice. like okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's nice and on like the cluster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the the Bolt is uh, rated at three point nine miles per kilowatt hour, like optimal driving. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I actually just saw someone with a Maki got. They've been averaging, I think, four point two miles per kilowatt hour. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. And the ID four is floating around that point too. So. Yeah. yeah over four, <laughs> yeah. I think, is really good. Like mm-hmm. that's like obviously it's not a direct comparison, but that'd be like a a 40 or 50 mile per gallon car i kind of feel like (laughs) equivalent in the (laughs) in the ev space whereas like under that or lower than that is probably Mm -hmm. like more your 25 or 30 mile per gallon so oh yeah um i wish they would give that spec that's kind of a harder thing to like look into but if you can if you can find like the the mileage generally you can kind of tell based on how many miles of range the car has too is how efficient it is because there's only Mm -hmm. only so many batteries you can stick into the car just yeah. <laughs> based on the size of it sometimes so yeah i i think another thing too that would be good to consider is performance mm. um if you are looking for an electric vehicle that has high performance specs like say for example if you enjoy 
you know, like if you have a hobby of like uh, motorsports or something of that nature, or maybe you even just like to drive to Costco, you know, pretty fast. (laughs) I think it's a good idea to keep in mind, do you want an electric vehicle that does zero to 60 under two seconds? Or (laughs) would you be okay with something at like five seconds? Because even then that's pretty fast. Yeah. Um, But the good news is that most EVs will do it well under nine seconds. Which is insane. I always have people ask me like, is it worth upgrading to a performance model three? And generally like my recommendation is no, because unless you're like somebody that really craves performance, you're going to pay like, I think it's like eight grand more or something like that to get the performance model three. You lose a little bit of range just because it's, it's tuned more for performance than like long distance. (laughs) So, um, generally I like don't really recommend buying a like higher performance car unless that's really what you you're into and what you want to spend your money on like mm-hmm. definitely not going to like knock you for it but i think it's it's important to kind of take that into consideration as well oh yeah definitely so another really important point when you're researching buying an electric vehicle is understanding the charging rate um all electric vehicles have varying different charging rates when it comes to dc fast charging Um, They rate anywhere from under 50 kilowatts to over 250 kilowatts. Uh, We're starting to see some electric vehicles get well over 250. So it's a varying spectrum of charging rates. Yeah, which is very confusing for consumers, right? Because we're not used to thinking about that stuff. (laughs) It's just like... Oh, we can yeah. fill up just as fast in this car versus that car. So <laughs> exactly, and that's that's where Chargeway would come in. You yeah. know, with the with the color number, uh, different levels, with pretty much helping people understand on a more easier basis of how charging works. Mm-hmm. But the the easiest way to think of like charging rates is the lower the number, the slower the vehicle will charge. Yeah. So, for example, the Bolt EV is rated or technically capped at 50 kilowatts, which mm-hmm. I have personal experience with. Yeah. That is very slow compared to today's standards. Um, yeah. In fact, the new bolts, uh, to be honest, don't even compete with other vehicles in that price category because of the slower charging rate. But mm-hmm. our ID4 is rated at 125 kilowatts, which is almost two and a half times faster than our bolt. And yeah. <laughs> you notice a massive difference, <laughs> but that is nothing compared to what Alex's Model 3 can do. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> that was another part that I considered when I was shopping around is because I, I realized when I was looking at the Bolt, when I was looking at like the Clarity, some of these other cars, their charging rates were capped at 50 kilowatts. Um, which probably means nothing to you if you're not an electric vehicle owner. <laughs> but essentially, that's number four on Chargeway. Number four on Chargeway, yeah. So yeah. it's it's slow for for a fast charger. Even though it's called a fast charger, it's still a slow charge in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So um, my car can go up to 250 kilowatts. What's the what's the Chargeway conversion there? 250. Uh, that's a number seven. Number seven. Yeah, which is the top of all the levels. <laughs> yeah, so mine can do up to a, a level seven uh, or a number seven, and that is crazy fast. Like just looking at the the numbers, two hundred fifty versus versus fifty kilowatts. Like it's it's five times as much. So, <laughs> yeah. um, look, just understanding that when I was shopping for an EV was really important. I think if you're if you're shopping around, I think the I would recommend something that can handle at least 100 kilowatts, if mm-hmm. not 
150 kilowatts, I think is generally what I recommend to people. The ID4 splits the difference at 125, has like really, really fast charging speeds. So, I mean, most superchargers, when I bought my car, capped out at 150. So that's generally what I'm charging at. But I don't stop for more than a half hour, like if I'm on the road. That that almost never happens where I have to sit there for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I would recommend is make sure you get something above 100 even 150 if you can, because that's really going to be the new standard in fast charging, I think, is 150 kilowatts. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. there's, like you said, there's vehicles that can handle 250, three, 350. Like, they're, we're going to start ramping up here where, where vehicles can handle that that high charging rates. But for, for what's available right now and the chargers on the market as well, um, 150 is going to be, you're going to be topping out most everywhere. The next point I was going to make, and yeah. if you want to make it too, um, is that the, the charge rate can be limited by the charger itself too. Mm-hmm. So understanding like what your vehicle can take and what the charger can output, cause it's going to be the minimum between those two. So if you're at a, even after, if you're at 150 kilowatt charger, you're only going to be able to pull 50 if you're driving a bolt or a Nissan yeah. Leaf. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> understanding that is is very important. So, yeah, you'll probably say the same thing, but go for it. Well, I, I mean, actually, I think the way you just said it was a good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that I, I want to mention that I think it's really important for people who are looking to get into an electric vehicle, especially if they are new with electric cars, is understanding the charging standard that each vehicle has. To talk talk from the chargeway perspective, uh, a Tesla has a red standard or they have a Tesla standard. Um, our Bolt in the ID4 has a green standard or what the engineering or technical term would be a CCS port. Mm-hmm. And then the Nissan Leaf has a blue uh, category, which would be a Chatamo charger, which is another standard. And now as EV enthusiasts, we know for people who are starting to get into electric cars, a lot of that information can be confusing and you may wonder which vehicles have which. And this is actually where my new employer, uh, which I don't actually think I've announced this on one of our podcasts yet, um, Chargeway uh, comes into play. So. Chargeway is a mobile application and a new mindset really helping people understand what it's like to fuel their vehicles with electric fuel. And each of those charging standards, as I mentioned before, is matched with a color and a number. And basically the number reflects what your vehicle is capable of charging at in terms of max power input. <laughs> I Maybe power acceptance. I'm not exactly sure how to say that, but basically that's where your car would fit into the mobile app. So one thing that we want to let everybody know is that when you're out in the wild and you're at a DC fast charger, every charger is going to vary on power output. Um, we are starting to see a standard where there is kind of like a uh, leveling out of charging stations where they're hitting kind of like a base level of power output. Um, but One thing to keep in mind is that if you're driving a Chevy Bolt with 50 kilowatts of power um, or with a uh, accepted charge rate and you're charging at, say, like 150 kilowatt hour station, that doesn't mean your car can charge at that power level. Yeah, (laughs) it it can only charge by the car. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that that's where if you haven't yet, I would definitely recommend downloading Chargeway and just experiencing what the app has to offer, because it really helps you understand where your limits are with your specific vehicle and it will show you chargers based on that specific limit. So it really makes Mm -hmm. things easier. And uh, sorry to rant about that. (laughs) No, no, that's good. The, 
that'd be a good thing for people to download. And if they are shopping for cars and you're considering three or four, pop them all in. You can add multiple vehicles in there, pop mm-hmm. them all in there, and yep. you can see like what the max charge rates are for them. So it kind of makes yeah. the research part easy if you just use use the Chargeway app. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and, it, and if you guys have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. And, you know, as I mentioned, I just started working with Chargeway. So if you have any uh, questions, let us know. Definitely. Any other final recommendations or things you think like potential EV buyers should be looking at if they're if they're shopping for a new car? I, I would say just be prepared as much as possible, you know, kind of before I would say in terms of like any purchase, especially when it comes to a vehicle, just understand how this fits into your life, how it benefits you as the owner versus, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really understand exactly what you're looking for. Do your yeah. research, ask your questions and just be prepared as much as possible. Definitely. It's it's kind of a blessing and a curse being in the the age we live in because information is is everywhere and you can mm-hmm. research any product and watch youtube videos on it and uh soak up as much information as you can and yeah. and like we mentioned earlier like you can oftentimes be more educated than the than the salesperson if mm-hmm. it's if you're zeroed in on a specific car um i actually heard an interesting uh like tidbit the other day i guess I don't know what study or stat this was from, but the average consumer watches at least one video before they purchase a new car. Did you know that? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, if you look at all car buyers, I mean, not everybody's like watching YouTube all day like we do. (laughs) 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 But just the fact that people are are searching for videos before they buy a car, like, is like you probably wouldn't have said that ten years ago. Like, I think that's pretty cool. And there's and there's videos on all these cars out there if you are researching them and want to hear an owner's perspective. I know that's something we try to do on our channels a lot is Mm -hmm. really share the ownership side of things versus just like look at this cool yeah. thing my car can do like yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah the the truth the truth behind everything uh-huh. right <laughs> yep. yeah so that'd be that'd be my recommendation is is go watch a video one of our videos maybe yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> links in the notes below no? <laughs> definitely i will say i just did a um my most recent video is just an overview of charging. So if you are new to EVs and you want to understand the levels of charging, the different connector types, like what different vehicles have, the charging rates, all that kind of stuff. And like also the charge times along with that, I shared like what my car generally charges at at different like charging levels. I shared all that in my most recent video. So definitely recommend you guys check that out our id4 had kind of a uh, cameo that's right yeah (laughs) Yeah. in a lot of that video (laughs) definitely yours has the uh yours has the ccs connector so i had to uh or the green connector so i had to i had to steal that one for for some (laughs) b-roll i'd rather have the id4 in your video than the bolt (laughs) so just being honest (laughs) so alex i actually have another dealership story for you oh yeah what's that So my friend is always complaining about the Swedish car dealership he works at. Today, I had enough and finally I said, I don't want to hear any more of your sob stories. Is that right? (laughs) (laughs) I can't take credit for that. That joke was way too good. (laughs) All right. Oh, I should say my Volkswagen. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
All right, so obviously we're here to support you all as well. If you are shopping for a car and want to reach out to us and kind of get get our thoughts on certain vehicles, our I know I answer a lot of messages from subscribers if you if you DM us and, and ask for tidbits or pointers or whatever else. If you are shopping for a car, we're definitely open to that. Um, so you can DM either of us or our social accounts for Living Electric. We're on Twitter at Living Electric underscore Instagram Living Electric Podcast, Facebook Living Electric Podcast, and they should all be linked now in the show notes. I think I updated that as well, so you can just click the link down there instead of trying to hunt for us so <laughs> awesome yeah so that'll do it for this episode uh definitely reach out if you're shopping for a car or just bought an ev as well we'd love to hear your stories and we'll talk to you in the next episode <laughs>